What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? The playoff chase in Major League Baseball is getting even hotter. With just two weeks left in the regular season, we have seven teams in the National League vying for three playoff spots. And in the American League, Oakland, Tampa Bay, and Cleveland are neck and neck as they fight it out to the finish. Joining me once again is Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports, and we're going to take a close look at all of the races and all of the critical series on tap over the next two weeks. Postseason baseball is definitely in the air, and we're breathing it all in on Sports 360. Well, I'm on the phone today with Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports as we continue to look at the pennant races and wild card races in Major League Baseball with just two weeks to play. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Um, We couldn't get together last week, a little bit of conflict and schedules and things of that sort, but um, we're back today to talk about these pennant races, wild card races in Major League Baseball. And, man, they're coming down the stretch, especially in the National League, where you have six teams still vying for the wild card and you have one division up for grabs. So uh, why don't we jump right into it, Rob, and let me know. How, how do you see the National League right now? What What are your thoughts on these these races that are going on? Well, it's, it's funny because um... – just like you said, we were supposed to talk last week, schedules and all that stuff, but the notes that I had from last week compared to this week, completely different. And this National League wild card is, is insane. Um, the Mets swept Arizona, which they jumped up a couple spots now in the wild card. And Milwaukee, even with the loss of Christian Yelich, they're, they're nine and one in their last 10 games. They're on fire. Uh, Moustakas is on fire as well. He's picked up the pace since Yelich has been down. And, you know, you see St. Louis, they're struggling a little bit, so now their division lead is in danger. And it's it's crazy, Jeff. Like, I can't believe we have this many teams with just two weeks left in the season fighting for basically the two wildcard spots and then the one division spot in the Central. Yeah, and, and if we put some numbers to it, right now, St. Louis, as we're speaking here on Sunday evening, St. Louis has a two-game lead in the division over Chicago, a three-game lead over Milwaukee. So things have really gotten tight there. And Chicago and St. Louis have seven games remaining um, over the next two weeks. And then you look at the wild card, Washington, game and a half over Chicago. Milwaukee's one game back. The Mets are three and a half back, and they're playing the Dodgers as we speak. So they could either be three or four games back, you know, when all is said and done today, Philadelphia four and a half, and then you have uh, Arizona at five games back. So, um, man, I mean, we we have all these teams bunched up 
the division in the Central and the NL still up for grabs, and obviously the wild card. Now, you mentioned Milwaukee, and I want to start there because I thought when Yelich went down that, you know, he's he's obviously an MVP candidate, best player on the team, and I thought that they would take a couple of steps back. But actually, the reverse has happened, and they've really stepped it up. What, what, what do you think about Milwaukee right now? I like Milwaukee a lot. And to be honest, it wouldn't shock me if they made a run for the division at this point. They're only three games back there. And like you said, one game back in the wild card. And it, something funny happens to teams when their best player gets hurt. And we saw this a lot um, with the Yankees this year. Their best player's falling, and they're the best team in baseball. When the when their best player falls, you either rally against that and put something together and start stringing wins together, or you fall and you crumble under the pressure and how we're going to replace this one guy. You know, Milwaukee has learned they need to come together as a team, as a collective unit, and now, you know, have Yelich's back. Play for him, play for that city, and just really make a push and make a run, and they're doing it. And I, I'm telling you, that team, I think they'll make the playoffs. And I'm not sure who they'll kick out, but like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if they make a run for that division title in the Central. When you look at their schedule, Rob, coming up, you know, they they go home for four against San Diego and then three against Pittsburgh, and then they end on the road at Cincinnati and at Colorado. Now, none of those teams are in it. Pittsburgh has been downright awful. Um you know, so on paper, you kind of like the schedule for Milwaukee, but again, you're going to have some teams playing spoiler. So, you know, the games still have to be played, but their schedule is set up for them to really continue this run into the postseason. I agree. It's definitely in their favor. I think they could, they should be able to easily handle San Diego and, and Pittsburgh. The Reds, you know, they have decent pitching, so they might be a little bit of trouble. Same thing with Colorado, but. I, I like Milwaukee. They they haven't shown me that they're willing to slow down and that they're going to slow down at any point. And they've been hot for the past couple of weeks and just making this big run through the wild card. I'm excited to see what's to come for for that team in the next couple of weeks. Now, what about another team, though, St. Louis? St. Louis has kind of come back to the pack. Um, are you concerned about the Cardinals? Definitely. I think – and uh, I think I spoke about this the last time we, we were together. If St. Louis doesn't win the Central, I don't think they make the playoffs. And the reason for that is I don't think they have enough to compete against the, these hungry teams in the wild card race. Um, like, I, you know, Milwaukee, obviously, is the team we're talking about. I don't think St. Louis can beat them in a do-or-die game, you know, towards the end of the season. And the and they play the Cubs seven I believe it's seven games out of the last 10 for the to end the season off. And I, that's going to be tough. If the Cubs can catch St. Louis off guard a little bit, take a few games there, St. Louis is in big, big trouble. And I tell you, when you look at St. Louis's schedule, these are the, you know, each team has four series remaining. St. Louis plays the Nationals, the Cubs, Arizona, and then the Cubs again. So, you know, right now, the way it's set up, they're playing four, you know, they have four series, two against the Cubs, obviously, in the division and for the wild card at stake. But also the Nationals in Arizona are fighting for their playoff lives as well. So they have four tough series coming up. 
Yeah, and it's funny because sometimes towards the end of the season, some teams that are playing against contenders are either way out of the race or they've already secured a spot in the playoffs. But St. Louis has, you know, the I guess the bad luck of running into teams that are still trying to fight for spots in the playoffs. And it's going to be tough for them. Like I said, I think they have to win this division and really grind out some wins, especially against the Cubs, in order to make a push in the playoffs and make the playoffs, actually. And, and But, you know, the Cubs continue to be, you know, a, a very they, – they, they, they continue to be an enigma, right, because – you know, they they beat up on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that's what they should do. So hats yep. off to them for doing that. That's what they should exactly. do. They play well at home, not so well on the road. Um, and so, you know, Chicago still has a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde in them. And, you know, as they come down the stretch, you know, they have Cincinnati, then St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and then St. Louis. So it seems as if they have two easy series in there, again, on paper, uh, sandwiched uh, with the um, two – series against St. Louis. But um, I tell you, the the central division is tight. Three games separating, you know, the three teams, St. Louis, Chicago, and Milwaukee. And then obviously the the wild card is is tight. Um, But what about the other wild card, the Washington Nationals? They have come back to the pack. Uh, It wasn't that long ago. They had like a four and a half game lead over the Cubs for the, you know, in, in the wild card race. Now it's down to one and a half, and the Nationals go to St. Louis, then they go to Miami, and then they have a five-game series at home with Philadelphia and finish with a three-game set at home against Cleveland. And I think that Philly series is the key. I think that's their do-or-die for the rest of this season. I think if they can get – they have to take four out of five in order to maintain that number one spot in the wild card. If not, then they're in trouble. But, you know, they had the small cushion like you were talking about earlier, where they were three, four, five games up. And they still have the luxury of being a game and a half up right now. But in order to maintain that, they obviously have to beat St. Louis and keep them, you know, at bay in case St. Louis falls out of the division race. But that Philly series, that's that's the money series right there. Yeah, but I tell you, um, you know, you look at the Washington-St. Louis series, that's a big one coming up because, again, St. Louis is fighting to stay ahead of the of, of Chicago, as we've mentioned, and, you know, the Nationals are trying to hold on to the wild card spot. And so you have two desperate teams getting together uh, in St. Louis uh, for that. So it's going to be really um, – it's going to be a challenge, I think, for uh, for the Nationals going in there. But um, both teams are desperate. You know, you, you spoke about Philly. Philly has it tough as well because um, they they go to Atlanta, and Atlanta is still playing good baseball, right? I mean, they're still playing. You know, they they really took it to the Nationals over the past two weekends. Yeah. Uh, but they go to Atlanta, then they go to Cleveland. Then they go to Washington for those five games before finishing up against Miami. And quite frankly, this season might be over by the time they get to that Miami series because these next three series, Atlanta, Cleveland, Washington, their their fate is going to be decided before that last series, I think. Yeah, and Philadelphia is one of those teams. I think if you're a fan of Philadelphia, you're frustrated 
because you had such high expectations going into the season with the signings of Harper, the trade of Romudo, and a couple other trades they did to improve the roster. And on paper, they look like one of the best teams in baseball going into the season. And where they're in a position here where they're literally fighting for their playoff lives every single game, especially down two weeks left in the season, and they're still they're scuffling right now. You know, they haven't been playing as well as they probably could play. And like you said, that series against the Nationals, they may, depending on what happens with the Atlanta series, that National series may not mean much to Philadelphia at that point. That's a good point because Atlanta, again, as I said, has been playing very well. They have three with Atlanta. And right now, Philadelphia has a very slim margin for error. They're four and a half games back uh, with, you know, 12, 13 games to play. So um, you're right. I mean, if if, if Atlanta takes two out of three and, and if Atlanta sweeps them, then I think, you know, bye-bye Philadelphia. Yeah, and that's the one team, Philadelphia, in this race that I trust the least. And it's because they're so hot and cold, and they've been this way all season, where, you know, they have the roster. I believe they have the roster in place that they could have been fighting Atlanta for that division lead in the East. But here they are two weeks left in the season and four and a half back, and this is it for them. I think this Braves series, and the Braves, you know, a lot of people may think, well, they clinched their spot, but they still have to fight the Dodgers for that home field advantage in the NL. And that's big for them. And I think they're going to go for the Dodgers and try to get those wins and accumulate those wins to get that. Yeah. And speaking of the Dodgers, the Mets are playing the Dodgers tonight, uh, wrapping up a three-game set at City Field, uh, rubber game of, of that three-game set. Um, the Mets sit right now three and a half games out of the wild card. And after tonight, they go to Colorado, then to Cincinnati before coming home for a four-game set against the Marlins and then finishing up with a three-game set against Atlanta. Um, and as you said, I mean, Atlanta still could be playing for home field that last series against the Mets, but the Mets have some work to do before we get to that point. And again, the Mets don't have much margin for error either. You know, they're at a point now where they have to take every series um, uh, from this point on. Yeah, and the big sweep in Arizona was huge. That was a must-win for them, and they got the job done. And now they're facing the Dodgers, probably their toughest competition left in the season. Obviously, they have the Braves series at the end. But they're doing well against the Dodgers. They swept Arizona. And the next three series they have, like you said, the Rockies, Reds, and Marlins, they should be able to handle those teams, especially with that rotation. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm a Mets fan, I'm excited because only three and a half games out, they've jumped Arizona, they jumped Philly. And to be honest, Jeff, last week I was questioning whether the Mets had enough to make a last-minute push, and they proved me wrong over the last week. So I'm excited to see what the Mets have in them, too. Some magic yeah. in, in Queen. Yeah, I mean, and I tell you, and this may sound strange given that Chicago has the second wild card, but for me, I'm kind of looking at the Nationals because, again, the Nationals have come back to the pack, and they have a tough road ahead of them. And um, it's going to really, you know, to see how they respond, right? Because I, I believe that the Nationals had to think that they had the wild card sewn up. And right now, they're fighting for their lives as well. Um, but the Mets, again, the Mets have to go out there and they have to win. They have to win tonight. And then, you know, those next two series against Colorado and Cincinnati, 
teams that are out of it, but you know they're they're playing in those small ballparks, man. Where you know, yeah, anything can happen. <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> so it's going to really be interesting. And then and then lastly, we have Arizona, five games out, um, probably you know hanging on by a thread, but they have the Marlins, San Diego, St. Louis, and then San Diego again. So not a tough stretch for them, but you know, five games out, uh, it's going to be tough for Arizona. Yeah, their schedule will help them out a little bit, I believe. But, you know, they can if they slip up against San Diego in that second series after the Marlins, I think that's kind of it for them. And, you know, slowly some of these teams are going to fall out. You don't, you don't always expect all these teams, all six of these teams, seven of these teams, to kind of be in there come the last series of the, of the season. But I think Arizona, you know, if they get to that San Diego series and they lose that series, lose, I think they're done for. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, so as we come down the stretch in the National League, two weeks to go, all kinds of possibilities. And I think two weeks ago you said you wouldn't be surprised if we found ourselves in, you know, one game playoff to determine, you know, um, who who would who would be the final wild cards and, you know, the way it's shaping up, I mean, that certainly could be something that we see happening two weeks from today. Yeah. And it's crazy because we may see a couple of games depending on what happens with the central division as well with Milwaukee coming back in there into that race. So very interesting. I know the Cubs have a couple of injuries with Baez out. Um, Rizzo actually got injured today uh, with an ankle injury. There was, it's not a broken ankle, but, who knows how long he'll be out. So that'll be, it's going to be interesting in down the stretch. It will. It certainly will. And um, so let, let, let's, um, let's now turn our attention to the American league where not as many teams involved, but still some real intrigue there as well. Um, the Yankees and Houston have the divisions wrapped up. Um, and I believe Minnesota with a four and a half game lead over Cleveland they have that division wrapped up as well. I mean, obviously not mathematically, but I do believe Minnesota has that division wrapped up. Um, but the wild cards, Oakland, Tampa Bay, and Cleveland. Oakland has a game and a half lead over Tampa, I believe, at the end of today's action. And Cleveland finds himself a game and a half behind Tampa. How do you see the American League? I have to agree with you with the Central. I think uh, this last series that the Cleveland Indians had with the Twins kind of broke their spirit a little bit. Uh, Cleveland definitely had to make a statement, and they failed to do so. So I think the Twins, like you said, mathematically it's not over, but I think for the most part uh, we can see the writing on the wall where the Twins will take that, that division. As far as the wild card with Oakland, talk about making a statement against Houston. They Man, they played some of their best baseball against Houston, made a statement, took some games from them, and here they are first in the wild card still, one and a half up, like you said, against um, over Tampa. And I don't see them slowing down, to be honest. That, they may be the scariest team in the AL coming out of that wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't see them slowing down either, you know. And their schedule is very favorable. Um, they oh, they go home yeah. Kansas City and Texas. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's a good schedule for them. And the Angels lost Trout today. Actually, he's getting surgery on his foot. 
So he's out. Otani is out. And uh, Justin Upton is out for the Angels. So, and, you know, they have nothing to play for, but now their best players are out. So Oakland has an easy, easy schedule on paper, obviously. And yeah. I don't know. That team is scary, and they're surging. Yeah, and and they have a one-and-a-half game cushion over Tampa Bay and a three-game cushion over Cleveland. So um, you have to like Oakland's chances. Um, but then you have Tampa Bay, Cleveland. Cleveland's a game and a half behind Tampa. Um, and I believe Cleveland has the game in hand there. Uh, but, um, you know, Tampa Bay, they have two against the Dodgers coming up. Four against Boston, which seemed to, you know, a couple of weeks ago that that that, that might be an important series. It's important for Tampa. It's not important for Boston anymore. Um, And then they have Tampa does two games against the Yankees and then they finish at Toronto. Um, Cleveland, meanwhile, um, two easy series, Detroit and Chicago. But in between, they have Philadelphia and then they finish at Washington. So they have some work to do there, too. But do you do you see Cleveland catching Tampa? Their their schedule favors that, but I don't see the race slipping up at all. And I think it, they're playing great baseball this season, better than last season, which is crazy because they won 90 games last year and they're on pace to surpass that this year. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't see Cleveland making the push that they need. I think that twin series that they just finished off was their series to really make a statement in the AL, and they didn't do so. I like Tampa's chances, honestly, for that second wild card spot over Cleveland. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Cleveland, the division was there for Cleveland. You know, they had some games against Minnesota, you know, and they didn't play well. Uh, Minnesota, and, and maybe I shouldn't say they didn't play well. Maybe Minnesota just played better, right? Um, but they yeah. didn't take advantage of it. And now I think they find themselves in a precarious spot. But again, they're a game and a half back. Um, and on paper, Tampa has a tough schedule with, you know, the Dodgers and then those two division. Well, they finished with three division rivals um, with with Boston, Yankees, and Toronto. So they have some work to do, but Tampa's been playing well, and they've been playing well all year. And Cleveland, I think, has been a little bit more up and down. So uh, with with a little bit of a cushion, playing better baseball, you know, I kind of like Tampa. But, you know, Tampa's been beating up on the the second-tier clubs, which you're supposed to do. And right now they're going to face a little tougher competition. But I still like Tampa coming down the stretch. Yeah, and the problem with Cleveland is they started off so bad to start the season. And they made that push towards the all-star break. But it was, you know, and they and they even took a division lead at, at one point over the Twins. But for me, it was just too little too late. Had they started the season, you know, like they were supposed to, based on the talent on that roster and stuff like that, maybe they're a little closer. Maybe they're even in the lead for either the division or the wild card. But, you know, I think it's too little too late for Cleveland. And with the Rays, they're getting the pitching back. Uh Snell is coming back on Tuesday, and they got Glasnow back, who I don't know if many people remember. He hasn't pitched since the beginning of the season, but he was destroying lineups when he started off the season. He was on fire, and he looks like he hasn't missed a beat since coming back. But I like Tampa's chances over Cleveland just just because of that. Well, I I mean, I I like their chances too, um, but I, I will tell you this. 
Um, and I'm a Mets fan. You know that. I mean, we, we, you know, we had our Mets Yankees thing during the season, a couple of, uh, a couple of podcasts where we were kind of goofing on the Mets Yankee rivalry, but, and I know you're a Yankees fan. Um, but as a Mets fan, uh, you know, you said something earlier about the Mets, how you kind of counted them out and then they came back. Um, because I thought the series against Philadelphia was a bit of a disappointment where they won the first game and then they lost the next two. Um, but then they came back and they swept Arizona, which they had to do. And right now, you know, if they can take two or three of the Do- from the Dodgers, they're right back in it. And so yep. with, with that rotation and they they do have, you know, you know, the ability to score runs and to and, and to really swing the bats real well. Um, you know, the Mets are one of those teams that I believe very few teams want to see in the postseason. Uh, especially if they get into a series, you know, yeah, because of that series, pitching. Yeah, with DeGrom, DeGrom is, hasn't missed a beat. He may be even better than last year, and he won the Cy Young last year. I, that guy is something else. So in a short series against the Mets, I just based on pitching alone, because we obviously don't know who, who they'll face, but just pitching alone, I'd take the Mets based on that rotation. Yeah, no doubt. And before we leave, Rob, I want to ask you a question about speaking about the Mets and the rotation. Any thoughts on this Syndergaard Wilson Ramos mini controversy where Syndergaard reportedly went to the front office and said he he didn't want to throw to Wilson Ramos? Any thoughts on that? I know a lot of pitchers, and we've heard a lot of reports and you know pitchers preferring certain catchers here and there. Um, just me personally, I think that's something that maybe Syndergaard could have done one-on-one with Ramos and not maybe involve the front office or figure something out with the coaching staff. I think a lot of it, maybe it's a lot of miscommunication or something like that. I don't think necessarily it's a huge deal because Syndergaard is out there trying to play for the team and be the best pitcher he can be for the team. And if he feels like he's not vibing right with Ramos and that's affecting the play on the field, then by all means, you know, say I prefer this catcher over Ramos, you know, that's fine. It's just one game you have Ramos out. But that's something that I think should have been kept in-house, honestly, and that's something that between Syndergaard and Ramos and the coaching staff should have been dealt in-house. It shouldn't have been out. Uh, That's just my opinion on that. But I don't think overall it's as big a deal as the media is making it seem. Yeah, perhaps not. Uh, but I do agree with you that, you know, I, I, I wish that it was handled differently. Um, it feels a little bit like throwing a teammate under the bus a little. You know what I mean? When you yeah. say, hey, I can't throw to that guy. And, you know, in a situation where the Mets are, you know, desperately trying to win every game that they can, the focus needs to be on that. And I think every time Syndergaard takes them out from here on out, if he's throwing the Ramos, that's going to be a subtext to the to what's going on, and I think that's a, it, it potentially is a distraction. Oh, big distraction, especially in a market like New York. Right. You know, everything gets blown up more than it should. And to be honest, I don't even think it'll it'll be the leading headline if it's a game that's nationally televised. It's oh, well, Ramos is in the lineup and Syndergaard is pitching, and that's not what you want at this point in the season, especially fighting for the playoff lives. I agree. And that's why I think it's an unfortunate turn of events. But, you know, if it, you know, 
if we're talking about the Mets, if we're talking about New York, it's going to be controversy. And so here we have oh, it. But no matter what, they, they're still uh, battling along with a, a bunch of other teams in the National League. And these next two weeks are going to tell the story. But, um, but Rob, listen, man, good to catch up with you. I'm glad uh, we were able to connect this week. Obviously, we're going to be keeping our eye on all of this important series in the coming week and plan to get together again next week um, to see where we stand at that point. But um, Rob, uh, certainly, man, glad to have you one more time to take a look at these pennant races coming down the stretch. Thank you for having me, Jeff. You know, next week we could be having a completely different conversation based on what happens over the next couple of games. But it's always fun to talk uh, postseason baseball and just catching up with everything going on in the sport. Yeah, and I agree with you. One last thing. I, I Here's what I think is going to happen in the National League. I think by this time next week, Philly and Arizona are going to be out. I agree with that. You know, and the Mets might be hanging on by a string. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. But um, no matter what, we'll we'll get together again and we'll chop it up. And, um, you know, it should be a good time. So thanks again, Rob, for coming on. Thank you, Jeff. All right.